Welcome to episode eight of the Alamo Football Lounge, and that's eight weeks. Wow, two months, two months into the season, um, and uh, it feels like just yesterday we were talking about opening uh, opening week. Either way, we've got a great matchup to talk about today. Um, two teams that I believe are playoff bound out of 28-6A, and that's Johnson and Madison at 2 p.m. this Saturday at Comalander Stadium. We'll have both head coaches join the show later, plus keys to the game, five players to watch, game predictions, all the stuff you have come to know and love. So stick around. Should be a fun show. I could definitely let that run on a little bit longer, but uh, we got to get started at some point. We got a podcast to get to, uh, but yeah, we will get started. We'll talk about uh, these Johnson Jaguars first of all, seven and zero coming into this game, and five and zero in District Twenty Eight Six A. They were also seven and zero to start the year last year before uh, dropping their first and only game of the regular season uh, to Reagan. But, um, you know, they've got a chance to go 8-0 and here uh, if they can continue to execute the way that they have been to this point in the season. You know, they've got one of the best running backs in the city, in the area, um, good offensive line, fast defense. They wrap up well. Um, so the Jaguars are the real deal, you know. At least it's looking that way from, uh, from my perspective. Um, but they've got a tough matchup. Um, the Madison Mavericks come in three and three uh, overall, and two and two in District Twenty Eight Six A. Well coached team uh, by Blaine Peterson. You know they've got some impressive wins on their uh, schedule. They open the season with a win over Shirts Clemens. Um, they did have a tough loss to Smithson Valley, but bounced right back. Uh, beat Roosevelt forty two thirteen. They took care of business against Churchill. They almost beat Reagan. It was 14 to 11 was the final score. Um, and then uh, last week they had a tough loss against Clark, um, but they scored all 21 points in the fourth quarter. They mounted a pretty uh, impressive comeback attempt there and uh, were really a fourth down conversion away uh, from potentially tying it up late in the fourth quarter. Um, Clark would later add a touchdown toward the end of the game. So um, the final score was 35-21, but it was a much closer game than that. Um, so this is a Madison team that's very capable of uh, taking down Johnson. And so, and, and that's something that the Johnson coaching staff and the players are well aware of. So they're not going to be overlooking this opponent. Um, they're going to be playing as hard as they can. You know, last year there was a little bit of uh, animosity between the two. And so we'll see know how much of that carries over either way it's going to be a hard-fought battle and uh you know these kids are going to play hard and you know they do every week but I think uh this matchup especially will be a really high energy game okay so coming up we're going to break down the top five players to watch in the matchup between Johnson and Madison
Support for the Alamo Football Lounge comes from Bear Kolaches, making Czech Texan kolaches in Bear County. Varieties are inspired by the land and culture like pecan cream, Mexican chocolate, and brisket Clovis neck, which is made with smoked brisket from 2M Smokehouse and their spicy sweet sauce. Orders can be placed for takeout, curbside, and delivery at bearkolaches.com. As an added bonus, if you go to their website and enter the promo code MASON, you get 10% off your order. Believe me, there is no better way to start your game day than grabbing some of these incredible kolaches, nice cup of coffee before heading out to the stadium. That's bearkolaches.com, promo code MASON. All right, we'll get into the uh, top five players to watch between Johnson and Madison. And we'll go ahead and start with Johnson cornerback Keller Messer, uh, former second string receiver turned first string cornerback, hardest position in football, uh, if you ask me. But he's transitioned into that role seamlessly. Uh, he's already recorded two interceptions and it's just been very physical on the outside for the Jaguars. He's got great speed and can go stride for stride with a lot of these receivers. So just look for Messer to have another big game on Saturday. At number four, we've got Keyshawn Rogers, the Madison running back. You know, the Mavericks like to run the football, and uh, Rogers is a physical back with decent speed and aggressiveness. Uh, he's a downhill runner, uh, shows good balance and good instincts, and uh, there's no doubt he's going to play an integral role in moving the chains for this Madison offense. At number three, we've got Samuel Ojuati, the 6'4 defensive end for Johnson, and he's explosive off of the line. Uh, he's an elusive pass rusher. He's long. He's disruptive. He's got active hands on the pass rush. You know, he can bat down passes if he's not able to get past the offensive lineman, which, you know, that's not a very common occurrence. So, uh, and really, he's just a, uh, he's a problem for offensive lines, running backs, and quarterbacks alike. So, uh, I expect him to show out on Saturday for sure. At number two, we've got Caden Mata, uh, the Madison quarterback. You know, 6'2", 178. He's a textbook dual threat guy, um, extremely mobile in the pocket, able to extend plays and throw on the run, and of course pick up first downs with his legs. Um, you know, if the Mavericks find themselves down, they'll need Mata to come through with some accurate downfield throws to keep them in the game, and I believe he's up for that challenge. And at number one, of course, the uh, San Antonio All-Star Ben McCreary, you know, he's got everything you're looking for in a running back. Great vision on the field, explosive, decisive. He's got breakaway speed. So, you know, if he makes it to that second and third level, look out. You might not see him again. Uh, one of the things I think is underappreciated about McCreary is his ability to catch the ball out of the backfield and make plays as a receiver. And sometimes, you know, other defenses are going to key in on that run game. So you have to come up with creative ways to get the ball to your playmakers in space. So don't be surprised if Johnson looks to get him involved a little more heavily in the passing game uh, to keep putting him in situations where he can put pressure on the Madison defense. And uh, he is approaching a milestone. I do expect him to uh, cross that 1,000-yard rushing mark. I think he's got maybe 60 yards or so uh, to, to cross that threshold. And, uh, you know, I think he's already cemented himself as one of the best running backs in the city. But... Um, yeah, he can really create some more separation uh, with a big game on Saturday. All right, coming up next, we will talk with Johnson coach Mark Soto about the keys to the game on Saturday. Damn, 
Um, so just getting started here, um, you know, this time last year, your team was 7-0. and And of course, you're 7-0 and right now. Uh, but obviously, there's a different uh, quarterback situation. Last year, you had a D1 quarterback behind center. And uh, most schools take a little time to transition through that QB turnover, you know, to get back to that level. How has this group been able to sustain and carry that level of play into this season so seamlessly? Oh, that's easy. Uh, it's competition breeds success. It's really two things. Uh, we had two quarterbacks that we we felt pretty confident in uh, that were backups last year. Got got some uh, good reps in practice last year, and from January till uh, week one, we competed. They competed against each other every day, uh, just trying to improve their craft. And they just worked hard all summer long, all all spring long, all summer long. And then one kind of took over the reins there at the first game and uh, hadn't, hadn't given them up yet. And uh, that's number one is the, the competition between the two quarterbacks got them better faster than just one getting the nod and saying, okay, go to work. The other part to it is our quarterback coach, which is our offensive coordinator. Um, he's just good at what he does. And, uh, you know, he's uh, he, he actually coached Cliff Kingsbury when Kingsbury was at the Broncos. Wow. So he knows good quarterbacks when he sees them, and he's able to get, um, he's able to teach them what they need to know, both athletically and uh, mentally, to get them ready to play at a high level. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, running back position obviously has been a strength as well. Uh, ben McCreary has been electric to this point in the season, um, already approaching a thousand yards, fourteen rushing touchdowns. What makes him such a special player? You know, he's very experienced. He's been playing football for a long time. You know, he's one of those uh, peewee guys that played all the way up. Uh, he's very experienced. And what he's added to his element this year was the uh, the burst, the burst through the hole, the, the okay, I see the hole, because he, he's got really, really good vision. He's got elite vision. Uh, but last year he was, didn't always have that burst to get through the hole. This year he does have that, and he – um, you know, he was able to run away from a very fast secondary and Roosevelt secondary. So um, he just works at his craft. Uh, he, he, like I said, he's very experienced. He's played a lot of ball. Uh, he's always been the running back, um, and he's good at what he does. Mm-hmm. The, the defensive side of the ball, you know, your defense has held opponents to two touchdowns or less in four of the seven games so far this season. Who has stood out to you on that side of the ball that's kind of helped make this defense so effective? Um, really, it's kind of by by uh, it's all of them. I and mean, everybody in on the defensive side at one point in time, time has stood up and had a good game, and, and that's what's pretty cool about it. You know, we we pride ourselves on running into the ball. That's number one. Um, but you have, yeah, you know, we've made some moves through the year already. You know, you have of course our anchor at, at, at defensive end and Sam Ojawadi, who's had a couple sacks, a lot of pressures. And they pretty much run away from him a lot of the game. Then you have uh, an outside linebacker that we moved to inside linebacker, and Mikey Duraco. That uh, uh, he's just very, very active on the field and, and, and finds his game. He gets his tackles. And then we moved um, our weak side backer to the strong side backer. And in two games, uh, already two games in a row, he scored 14 tackles already. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just so the, I mean that that's CJ Adair. Uh, he's also a uh, San Antonio All-Star nominee. Um, then we moved a receiver over to corner 
and he's been lighting it up too uh, in Keller Messer. And then our mainstay in the back end is Darren Benavides, who started a few games last year and has been a starter for us all this year also. So, I mean, it's really been by committee versus just one or two guys that are lighting it up. Every game, it's somebody else. Mm-hmm. Is there anyone on either side of the ball who has like kind of stepped up this season in a way that surprised you? Maybe you didn't know how much they had approved over the improved over the summer um and or maybe you didn't know really what their outlook was like in the preseason but they've shown up a lot in a big way that would be none uh, that would be keller messer the receiver he was a second team receiver now he's a starting corner and he is lighting it up he's got two interceptions already and a uh punt return for a touchdown uh without doubt keller messer would be the uh i guess we'd say newcomer of the year mm-hmm yeah, and, and so what sparked that switch uh, from offense to defense? We needed some quickness over on the defense. We weren't as fast as we wanted to be. So we moved a kid that um, he seemed to be very aggressive at receiver. And uh, we, we just kind of threw him in the fire and see what he looked like in practice. And he lowered his shoulder pads and, and, and hit people. And we we're like, okay, well, let's give him a little a few more reps and a few more reps. And before you knew it, he was a starter. Wow. So looking at this Madison team, you know, they started the season three and one uh, before losing to Reagan by three points and then Clark by a couple touchdowns. Uh, What's your first impression when scouting this team? Uh, They're big and they're fast. They're very, very athletic. Both sides of the ball. Yeah, yeah. And uh, what are some of those kind of non-negotiables that you've set for this team? Um, You know, what needs to get done to make sure – you're walking out of the stadium 8-0. We definitely need to uh, play our own game. We need to execute our game plans. That's number one. Uh, number two, we got to match their intensity. You know, last year we got after them pretty good, and they aren't happy about that. And uh, they're going to come in wanting to knock our heads off. So we're going to have to match intensity. And uh, thank you to Coach Soto once again for uh, joining the show. Uh, next up, we'll talk with Madison coach Blaine Peterson about what he needs to see from his Mavericks in order to get back in the win column on Saturday. You know, starting out, I actually just want to start with, you know, this game is a pink out. Uh, and I love that you guys are doing this. Uh, is this something that y'all have done before? And how important is it to to use football as a tool to promote awareness around this? Well, yeah, no, we, we've been we've been doing this for years. Uh, we pick a game each year to to have as our pink out game, and and I, I just think for us, uh, one, it's you know to get young men to recognize that there's more going on in the world than just their daily lives, and. And know that there's people out there that need help, and and we try to bring awareness to those to that. And we there's a lot of things we deal with, uh, you know, hunger. Uh, we're doing a tackle for hunger thing as well right now, and we're going to be doing the peanut butter bowl coming up here in a few weeks. And so, uh, you know, those are just messages we try to get give to our kids. Um, and obviously, October is uh, Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and so we try to make a uh, you know, make a big deal about it, recognize it, and uh, and let let those young men realize that there's there's more going on. Yeah, yeah, I think that's terrific. Um, so moving over to the football side of things, um, 
you know, coming into the game right at that 500 mark, how would you evaluate your team up to this point in the season? I mean, you've had some impressive wins, some close losses. What what have you learned about your team as we hit mid-October? Well, I, I first off, I think we've got we've got good kids that I, I love coaching, and uh, they've been competing their tails off. You know, we we uh, we've had a few injuries here and there uh, that that's kind of slowed us down, um, but but I like their effort. Uh, uh, they give those teams everything they want. And so, uh, you know, we've been a little unfortunate in a couple of those games. And so, uh, we're, we're, th- we're hoping we can get it back on track. Uh, you know, defensively, we feel like we've been playing, uh, pretty tough all year. Uh, our offense, uh, has kind of been up and down. And so, uh, we're, we're thinking they, they got a chance to be a little bit better this week. And so, you know, our big focus every game is how can we fix the mistakes of the previous week and how can we improve uh, and that's our focus again this week is trying to improve and get good enough to where we uh, we got an opportunity to try and get into the playoffs at the end of this thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, you know, last week against Clark, all 21 of your team's points came in the fourth quarter, and you're within a score until the final minute, and until they added a late touchdown. Were you? Uh, you mentioned you your you, your team has been giving a lot of effort and giving these teams everything they can handle. Uh, how proud were you of the of the fight that your team showed late in the game to get back in it? And, and has that has that momentum carried into practice this week? Yeah, we absolutely. I was proud of their effort in that fourth quarter. Uh, I was disappointed with the three quarters prior to that, but, uh, you know, they, it did not look good in the third. Uh, you know, we got down 28, nothing. And, and, uh, you know, sometimes it's just a matter of, you know, somebody making a big play and, and we, you know, we got one, uh, and then it just kind of snowballed a little bit, uh, gave us our, gave ourselves an opportunity to, to try and win the game. And, and on a fourth and six, uh, we weren't able to, to get it done and they ended up scoring another touchdown and, and, uh, and so, but our kids played hard and, and I was proud of their effort in the fourth. Uh, we, we just gotta, we gotta find a way to, to put points on the board earlier in games and, and get started faster, um, to give ourselves an opportunity, better opportunity to win in the end. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned just, you know, general improvements. Um, but what are some of the, the specific focus areas in practice this week as you prepare for Johnson? Well, one, you know, ball security uh, on offense. We gave uh, Clark some, the short a short field several times the other night. Uh, so we got to protect the football, uh, execute on offense. Uh, and then on defense, we, we got to prevent teams from getting the big play on us. Uh, we gave up a few uh, longer passes, uh, which, which we've been doing a pretty good job against, uh, you know, eliminating big plays all season. Um and Clark was able to get a couple on us. And so, uh, you know, we're going to try and keep, uh, keep the Johnson from getting, uh, big plays and make them earn it. And, uh, and I think those are the main focus areas for this week. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the Jaguars have, uh, one of the better backs in the area in Ben McCreary. Uh, is this one of those games where you kind of load up the box and try and make them one dimensional or how, how do you plan to account for that rushing attack? Yeah. Well, they, the good thing is we've been fairly good on against the run all year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think the problem with, with them is, you know, you could load up the box. Uh, the problem is they got several good, really good skill players at receiver. And, uh, 
and and so we we got to be balanced. Uh, we got to be able to to cover those receivers, but at the same time, we've got to be able to uh, you know get after number three. And McCrary's a, a good football player, and and uh, but we got to respect uh, number eighty eight, number eleven for sure. Both those receivers have had big big years so far. So, and I know they're good, and so we're we're going to have our hands full trying to defend all of it which we have to do. We can't just focus on one thing because mm-hmm. uh, the other area will get us for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. And, and you mentioned the run defense for you guys has been uh, pretty solid. Uh, what are some of the other strengths of your team that could allow you to win a game like this? Well, uh, you know, we're hoping our offense is going to get back on track. You know, that's the deal. You know, uh, defense is, has been a strength of ours throughout the year. Um, you know, like I said, we're trying to get every area to improve and uh so we're hope, hoping we can do better in in the special in special teams and uh and our offense uh is getting better and so we're hoping that that'll be uh how we can get get a win here mm-hmm. yeah and um you know, you mentioned like, you know, you guys are obviously in the playoff hunt. I feel like you guys uh, are definitely playoff bound in my very unprofessional opinion. But um, <laughs> so like, tell me about the confidence level of this team as you enter this final stretch uh, of the season. I know you've had a couple rough uh, games in the in the last two weeks, but um, where's the confidence level at? And does this team feel like, yeah, we're, we're heading to the postseason? Yeah, no, I think our, our guys have a lot of confidence in themselves. Uh, you know, they felt like uh, they feel like they probably could have won the Reagan game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was so close at the end, and um, they felt good about what they had done. And so, you know, and then they felt good about how they ended the game against Clark. So, you know, hopefully that stuff carries over uh, in, in their confidence level. Uh, you know, it is good. We, we've got kids that like themselves. And so, uh, I know they're going to show up confident and, uh, they're going to have a great effort and, and hopefully we can put something together. Well, once again, I want to thank, uh, coach Peterson and coach Soto, uh, for hopping on this podcast and we will go ahead and, uh, step over to the prediction side of the show. Both coaches made some good points in those interviews. Um, Coach Peterson talked about getting off to a better start and putting up points earlier and then also not giving up those big plays to Johnson, which they're very capable of. They've been doing it all season. And, and those are two you know, vital keys to winning this game. Um, the playmakers that Johnson has, in addition to running back Ben McCreary, and we've talked about a few of them, uh, the receivers on the outside are equally as dangerous. And so... You know, what's Madison's game plan going into this? They mentioned wanting to to be balanced, be able to stop both the run and the pass, you know, and, and it's just it's it's a tough matchup. And I think ultimately Johnson's going to be able to to pull away. I think it's a tall order to uh to try and limit the production of Johnson, especially early on. And if Madison does get behind early, you know. Is Johnson able to milk the clock a little bit behind that running game and and just lean on their defense? So, you know, it's going to be a hard-fought game. I think it'll be a very close game because Madison has played everyone close. And, and like Coach Peterson said, you know, his guys have given other teams everything that they can handle. And so um, to expect Johnson to just blow them out, uh, I mean – 
hey, look, it's high school football. Anything's possible. Uh, but I do think this will be a pretty uh, closely contested game. And Madison does have a really solid run defense. So um, it's not going to be just a field day for uh, the Johnson running backs. All that said, I do think the Jaguars will have the slight advantage Madison has struggled to put points on the board early, and uh, Johnson hasn't had a great deal of trouble producing points. And so um, I think the Jaguars will take a lead early on, and Madison will punch back, especially in the second, third, fourth quarters. Um, but will they have enough time to to produce a full comeback and take the lead late in the game? Uh it's possible, but I'm going to go ahead and say Johnson holds on 42-32. And that'll do it for this edition of the Alamo Football Lounge. Thank you all so much for tuning in. And if you enjoyed this show, please hit that subscribe button and feel free to hit that follow button at Zach Mason Sports on Twitter and Instagram for the latest in San Antonio high school sports. Until next time, enjoy the game. Eat some bear kolaches before you get there. And uh, we'll see you next week.